0: listening to two jerks one vote the song fight reviews podcast this time around we're going to be reviewing the ben the nephi brian and alice hi i'm chumpy and this is the jerk now here's how this thing works we've won song fights enough that we think we know our stuff we'll listen to your submission subjected to our praise and our derision i know that sounds unfair but you're not obliged to care yeah you're gonna lose song fight. And yes, I'm talking to you. Yeah, you're gonna lose this song fight. Deep down inside, you know that it's true. Most of these bands are gonna lose when the song fight is done and your band's won. And by your band's won, I don't mean your band's won, with bands being a contraction of band has and one meaning the past tense of win. Those are just tricky homonyms. What I'm really trying to say is that you're one of the losers.
1: Welcome to... Four jerks, four votes. Let's do the introductions a little bit later. Let's start off first with a talk about the previous fight. That was what to say and how to say it. The winner of the last fight was Jim Tyrell, wow. a song fighter from way back. Apparently, Micah swayed the voters. Yeah, with his Stan Rogers essay. <laughs> his, uh, he was very persuasive. Yes, yes. A lot of other people did well. BGM, which was a favorite, did really well, as did Budget Bears, as did uh, My Social Uniform. And then Micah Summersmith himself did a bang-up job. And uh, yeah, it was a good fight. And Jim Tyrell did a great song. Definitely deserved to win. Congrats, Jim. This time around, we're doing the bend the knee fight. And uh, we have some super special guests with us. Uh, we and have... you also have me. <laughs> yes. yes, yeah. Does
2: that yes. mean I can as more than one person?
3: Yes, yes, exactly. Oh,
2: okay, that's you, fine, you count I as,
3: I think you count as 2.6 people for the purposes of two jerks, one vote. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: that's slightly worrying, but I guess that's
1: fine. That's right. What you're hearing is Alice and Bomeranian counting as two people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wonderful artist. And, oh, excuse me, three people. I forgot. Also, Happy Triangle. So, wonderful That's the point .6. Exactly, exactly. So that's the 2.6 people that Alice and Happy Triangle is. Uh, and then we've also got uh, jerkatorium, uh, sometimes lyricist and all around renaissance man, Brian, joining us again for a repeat, another go at this podcast thing. So welcome to Four Jerks, Four Votes. Thank you.
2: Wouldn't it be 5.6?
1: <laughs> Depends how jerky you are. Yeah, let's
3: we'll, we'll calculate that afterwards. Yes. Okay. I'm, a,
1: I'm a bassist at heart. I
3: don't know how to do math. <laughs> my, my plan is to try to be not at all jerky. So it'll ah. be three jerks, four votes by the end.
2: <laughs> I don't even know how you got to that, but
3: <laughs> I don't know where the point 0.6 went either. I don't, I don't know what any of this means.
2: Uh, I, I, don't, I just want to know how you calculate. Conc- out the point six
3: who is sending us these these goddamn songs (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what you're
1: talking about (laughs) so yeah so uh so welcome 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 glad to have you on again did we want to talk about anything else before we launched into the reviews i don't think so let's launch in
0: first up as per usual berkeley social scene the crowd is on their feet close to the
4: Straight to heaven. You know we're the best.
0: One thing that I read on the boards is that these guys were going for... They wanted to sound like the band Television, which I don't know if you've heard of Television.
3: Well, like, sure we have.
0: Sure. I know Alice's mom is really into this band. They're they are a, <laughs> they're a post-punk band. Very cool. I'm a big fan. They're in this similar vein to sort of like uh, Gang of Four or Wire, and I think they really nailed the sound here. I love that picked bass sound at the beginning. They've got two electric guitars, one on the left that's sort of playing licks, and there's one panned on the right with these sharp staccato chords. Sounds really good to me. And this would not be all that out of place on the Marquee Moon album, which is Television's magnum opus. They've definitely got that vibe, which I love. I also sort of like how they structured the end of the song, which I really noticed. It's kind of a bridge at the end, but also a solo. I think that works really well to kind of combine them both at the end. I think Lunkhead's singing is really great. There's lots of dynamics in his voice, like he sings softly and then a little louder. This was also a dual entry from Narain, where the challenge was dynamics, so that's probably one of the reasons they were doing that.
3: Ah, okay.
0: Lyrically, this song kind of bugged me. It's, you know, it's sort of braggy and it's kind of meta, and some of the phrases are a little bit cringeworthy, like the phrase high caliber rocking, I think. You just kinda yeah And then I think there's another phrase, six strings straight to heaven, which is a little Egh. not terrible, it's just these things they're not my favorite parts of the song and cause me to groan a little bit. But I try to avoid all the lyrics and just kinda focus on the music, which is really great and really really is in that genre sweet spot for me that I like.
3: Um, I have to admit I usually I'm kind of chilly towards Berkeley social scene. There's just something about their their sound. Doesn't really uh go well with me. I didn't mind this one nearly as much, but I can say that. But the lyrics did leave me completely, well, I guess cold. I mean, it feels like with all the bragging that they're working up to some kind of punchline, but the punchline never comes. It's just braggy. Yeah. Why? Just why? I think they're
0: trying to intimidate other Neurion competitors. Not sure. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I just It's so over the top. It feels like it's going to be tongue in cheek, but, you know, there's no payoff.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, other than it, you guys have already said about the lyrics, I didn't have any strong opinions. Music was good, good song, weird lyrics.
1: Yeah, speak. there's some kind of anti-zen aspect to it where they're doing something and saying what they're doing while they're doing it. Uh, <laughs> we, we are rocking now. This is a rock song. Yeah. I am a human. This is high-caliber rock. <laughs> it's
0: hard to say you know we're the best, better than all the rest. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, and not come off sort of...
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I said, it's a, it sounds like a setup. Yeah. I will say, as regard to the lyrics, I I do feel that their use of the title was really good. This is something that I don't really hear very often on Songfight. You hear people like trying to subvert the title. And when you subvert the title, you normally wouldn't use the title as your song, you know, if you hadn't been working with the title first and the song came second, you know, typically when, you know, when you hear a song where the title feels surprising, it's because it wants to draw your attention to that lyric, which might get lost otherwise. I feel like Berkeley Social Scene actually did that here where bend the knee comes near the end of the song and having it be the title draws your attention to that line in the lyric, in the song as a whole, I mean, which is, um, which works well. For whatever it is they're trying to accomplish.
1: But it doesn't, you know, topically, it doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the song.
3: So, doesn't it? I I thought it really was saying, Bow down to us. We're the best. Oh, I I assume that's what they meant by it. Um, Yeah, I think so. Okay. Somehow I
1: missed that main point of the song, I guess. Bow down, (laughs) Bow down, Ryan. Gotcha. We're not worthy. Yeah, well, uh, my notes were that we already covered this in the Neurine Shock Value podcast. You know, it's great vocal performance, great rhythm section during the verses, and then the whole bend the knee coda seems gratuitously tacked onto the end. That's, that's I feel, you know, put upon having to review it twice. <laughs> So, uh, you know, again, it's a great song for, for all of those other reasons, great vocal performance, great rhythm section, fun, the, the way that the, the bass and the guitar and the other stuff comes together. And it's, it's, it's great that way. It's just like, uh, geez, really? Okay, fine.
3: Yeah. I can totally understand that, but I still think that the, the way that they brought in bend the knee at the end, especially me not knowing, not, know, not knowing about Narine, it really worked for me.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that was my favorite part of the song too. Was the sort of bridge ending? Yeah. If if one thing was shoot in, it's the shock value. Was was the shoot in title? Bend the knee sounds like it's more of the real title. But you know, we've already talked too much about this song. All right. Do you want to move on? Yeah. Let's talk about budget bears.
4: They have a be the, the chap will bend the knee, halfway through round
1: three. All right, I thought this had the same drum issues as last time. You know, the ride cymbal is out front and the rest of the drums sound a little muffled in the background you know but also you know just like the previous budget Bearer song this is really my thing you know it this is my jam it's got uh, some weird mixing and mastering choices but the song itself is is great this is the kind of stuff that i want this is what i want to hear i thought the ly- i'm not sure who the lyrics are about i have a theory i think it might be about this tennis player named uh, i think davy danko but i'm not sure and i tried to figure it out using that Pulitzer angle and i, I just wasn't able to get it I'm hoping that one of you guys did I think it's about a boxer, uh,
0: just because you know you go down in the third round. I don't know if tennis has rounds, but that's, it sounds kind of like a boxing reference to me.
3: Oh, I'm, I'm so disappointed that you don't actually know who it is. I, I thought for sure you were going to use the Wikipedia magic and tell us exactly.
0: I was going to really dig in and try to figure it out, but then I thought
3: there was a good chance it was just completely made up. I totally agree. It definitely sounded like a boxing indicator, just everything about it, especially the champ.
0: Yeah. What'd you think, Alice?
2: I liked it. I guess I thought it was a little short and I had no idea who it was about. i don't know anything about sports. I don't have strong opinions here either,
3: honestly. I, I for one, actually uh, appreciated the uh, the short length. I felt it was um, there was nothing missing from it. It was a full song. It was just fast and grateful that Budget Bears didn't feel the need to like add a bunch of extra repetition just to pad it out to an arbitrary length. Uh, speaking of, I noticed that the lyrics were posted by Von Borton. So is Von Borton Budget Bears? Is there a reason for the uh, different name?
1: Last week, we were kind of wondering the same thing, if if there was a reason. And I think Mike had some theories that way. But yeah, it is definitely Von Vorten, who is also half of vowel sounds. Right. So, yeah. And uh, actually, you know, don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but Miscellaneous Owl is the other half of vowel sounds. And I'm kind of wondering if this is the first time that they've competed against each other as separate bands. But anyhow, we'll get into that later, I think.
0: I really like this song, too. One of the things that I thought about while listening to this song is, wow, that guitar riff is really cool and really catchy. And a great guitar riff can do wonders for a song. I think you hear it in the intro, and then you hear it again after the first chorus, and then you hear a fragment of it towards the end of the song. It's really nice, and it ties the whole song together. I also really liked how the chorus sort of grows in size. Like at the start, it's only three lines, but at the end it's expanded to six lines and the song's lyrical conclusion is kind of revealed in the final lines of the chorus. It's just good writing. You know, I think it's a story about a boxing champ, obviously throwing the fight for money. It's well-written. There's great rhyming and phrasing. This is just a super solid song in a genre. I like, I do agree that the drums sound a little thin and a little crappy, I don't know. Maybe sort of trashy and crappy is what he's going for. Looking
1: back, it looks like uh, Miscellaneous Owl won in a song fight that Von Vorten also competed in for the Walk Steady song fight. So this is not their first face-off that way.
3: It's interesting because like now that I knowing that it's Von Vorten, I have I bring all of my expectations to them, and it feels like yeah, yeah, this is a good Von Vorten song. They also faced off for the My Favorite Monster fight. I'm I'm pigeon
1: I'm pigeonholing or not I'm not pigeonholing What is it I'm uh, rabbit holing. <laughs> Pigeon Pigeonholing?
2: <laughs> pigeons?
1: Pigeon.
3: All I think about do, is pigeons these days.
2: Do <laughs> pigeons make holes? I'm very
1: confused.
3: Well, yeah, we don't have to talk about it right now. But we'll go over it later. Yeah.
1: Pigeonhole. That's that's gonna be the next song fight title. Pigeonholing. Oh God, it totally should be.
0: Alright, what do you say we move on to Chthonic Doom? you know the etymology of that word, Brian?
3: Oh, well, it's Greek, of course. And it originally refers to, like, the uh, the, the early uh, pantheon of gods in Greek mythology. And it means, you know, more they were more earthy. Doesn't it literally mean underworld?
0: Yeah, I believe you're right. And I think that there's some speculation that's where H.P. Lovecraft, that was his inspiration for Cthulhu.
3: Well, it certainly is uh, suggestive. There aren't a lot of words in the English language that begin with those letters. Yeah, that's for sure. All right,
0: Ryan, you
1: want to go first on this one? I know how much you love reviewing a song twice. That's right. That's right. Okay, so I will. <laughs> I'll just get this out of the way. We already covered in this song in the Narine, uh podcast under that Ugin Hunter and Friends uh, band name. Uh, with the shock value title so yeah good dynamics and i like the ending all right i'm done next
2: in my opinion this is like five different songs and i mean that's not a bad thing but like this changes song type about five different times and i kind of like it because it's all song like it's all i i mean i would like all of them if they were different if they were their own songs that didn't really make sense but eh It's good. I can't make out any lyrics.
0: It's about killing your enemies.
2: Oh, that makes sense.
0: Uh, I, I think the arrangement in this song is really cool. I love all of the different parts. I like the mellow acoustic guitar and then the heavy riffage. And then there's that whole punk metal thrash vocal bit. Yeah, which is all about raining fire and death on your enemies, which I think is some sort of tip of the hat to Game of Thrones. It's got that whole fantasy rock metal thing going on. Bend the knee is obviously a Game of Thrones thing.
3: Oh yeah. Can I had no idea Bend the Knee was a Game of Thrones reference until I saw just by accident in the forum somebody made the joke that budget bears said and then the game is thrown. <laughs> yeah. And I that was my first awareness. So, what is how does Bend the Knee connect to Game of Thrones? Uh,
0: it's a phrase they use when uh, they want someone to pledge fealty to one of the, you know, lords in the north.
3: Okay. It's so, it's like it's a running thing. It's not just something that's specific to the yeah, current it's season. Been,
0: it's definitely a phrase you hear a lot in Game of Thrones.
3: I, I will just say on this one that I I don't think Chthonic Doom should listen to anything I have to say because I've got genre bias beyond all recovery on this kind of music. I'm just like, I'm so, so, so sorry. I did appreciate contrast. I think the intro and the outro, you know, like the first 15 seconds and the last 15 seconds were my favorite part of the song. And if it had just been those, I would have liked it more. Uh, upon repeated listening, I feel like I could actually appreciate this if it were like the last song in a piece that was just kind of, you know how the last song of an album is sometimes like a little bit unserious. Yeah. I felt like this was more like that. And... I could be a little more friendly towards it when looking at it that way.
0: I really appreciate just all the all the way he makes guitars and bass sound good, though. I do like his double tracking of guitars and vocals. Like, I'm a big fan of his sound, but I think a lot of people, even in Narine, were sort of turned off by the, the metalness of this song. Let's move on to Dutova.
3: Why won't you talk to me? Oh no. So, let's see, this was kind of a a bit of an anti-love song, which was a nice break at this point while listening to the uh, songs. But the lyrics were kind of, well, they were a little generic, I felt, overall. Nothing really stuck out at me as being like an interesting phrase or use of words. The only thing that really caught my attention at all was the change of I'm sorry to not sorry on the final repetition of the verse. Um, Other than that, it just kind of felt generic. The music was was kind of generic too, actually. (laughs) I'm not even sure what the uh, I just can't bend the knee actually means in this case. I'm assuming that it means that I can't propose to you because I couldn't think of anything else that was appropriate here. But it didn't really feel like that was actually what the uh, song had set it up for. I don't know. Other people might have a different attitude towards that. That was just kind of my gut feeling.
0: Yeah, I came across with the same sort of feeling about that. And I think there's another song or two in this fight that sort of uses the whole bend the knee as a as a proposal sort of suggestion.
3: Yeah, but in those cases, you know, it was clear. I guess it's I you can say it's clear because I can't think of what else yeah. it would be.
1: What about you, Run? I I thought um, that drum machine is criminally awful. The verses are too boring and repetitive, but I like the chorus. I like the chorus a lot. There's way too much reverb on the vocal track, uh, and that's that's all right. You know, in, in general, the song kind of hits one mood and sticks to it throughout the song. Yeah. Um, so not a lot to grab the attention, but I, I do really like the melody of the chorus. You know, redeeming factor is that if you stick around for the chorus, then it's, it's worthwhile. Hmm. I thought the bridge was a nice break.
2: Yeah. I don't know. My my opinions on this song seem to have already been stated. It sounded incredibly generic to me. It's mm-hmm. I I'm really bored of this kind of anti love song just from being stuck in clothing <laughs> stores and listening to the radio. Honestly, like I liked the individual some of the individual pieces I thought were good, but the way they were put together was just sort of repetitive and boring and the lyrics were really boring, so Generic song.
0: Yeah, I think one of the reasons it came off as boring is there's really not a lot of variance sonically between the various elements. Like, it's hard to tell where one part of the song comes in and another part ends. There's not an additional set of elements that get added to the chorus. Like, you know, there's some tactics like during the chorus, you double the vocals or you add harmony parts or you add instrumentation or... You come up with a different guitar sound or a different drum pattern. And, you know, I don't think any of those things got really done. And it was all sort of samey, samey throughout most of the song. And Ryan said he liked the melody on the chorus. And I think I didn't even know the chorus had a different melody until I really listened a couple times. Like, for me, it was just all this homogenous blob. And I thought, like, the yeah. some of the sound choices he made I thought were good. Like, I like the the fuzz guitar with the bloopy synth elements mixed together, and I thought the bass came through really nicely, and it was nice and clear, although the bass parts are kind of boring and repetitive. I also liked the synth solo at the end, so there were some definitely some some high points to the song, but there just wasn't enough variation to hold my interest, which I think is why a lot of us found it a bit boring.
3: I think uh, what you call the syntholo is what I was calling the bridge. So I think that's the part that we both agree on was a nice, um, was a highlight of the song.
0: Let's move on to Gert. story behind Gert which definitely uh, not I- I'll, I'll I'll take some time and tell you so gert is a song fight supergroup they're like the cream or the uh, I can't think of another super group off the top of my head spice girls spice girls yes they are the spice girls of songfight and um, <laughs> they consist of leaf small town Mike THC Bolt Off, Pone Ripper and Dez Head so that there are six song fighters who are all Canadian and a bunch of these guys knew each other from high school they're really pretty spectacular on their own each of them with storied songfight careers uh, but when they come together to form Gert it's almost always epic and they almost always win. And you know, they haven't graced songfight with a song since like way back in 2016, where they were surprisingly <laughs> defeated in the super creepy fight by um let me let me check my check my notes. Uh by jerkatorium oh, god. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. That was a real head scratcher. I think it had lots of the songfight community wondering what was up. <laughs>
3: You've been waiting all day for this moment, haven't you? Yeah. I
1: don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> He's been hoping Gert would submit again for, <laughs> for two years. Every yeah. time
0: I see Ryan, when he comes to town, I'm like, do you remember that time we beat Gert? Oh, that was so good. <laughs> so
1: good.
2: You need a medal or something.
1: <laughs>
2: you need a t-shirt that says, I beat Gert. <laughs>
3: Yeah. So, anyway, coming soon after Chthonic Doom, I thought, yeah, here's another interesting, contrasty intro that suddenly segues into more, you know, guitars. Yay! <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I did appreciate the singing was really good. It was really energetic. I loved uh, the rhythm and the not the rhythm, but you know, there was just a lot of motion in the way that the lyrics went together. I really appreciate the rhythm. Of the vocal track, just the way it bounces around. And I'm not even sure if it had internal rhymes or not, but the constant motion of, the, of things gave the feeling of having internal rhymes. And I was down with that. They, they got me with that. And so, I didn't even really mind that the rest of the music wasn't really to my taste. I feel though, it did kind of go on a, a bit long. I feel like at the three-minute mark, they were pretty much done. They could have stopped right there, but it just kept going and it didn't really add anything. Yeah, overall, uh, of the f- of the five songs I'd heard so far going in alphabetical order, it was my favorite at the time.
2: Yeah. Yep, same. I really liked this one, especially after Dutova. After having a lot of songs that I didn't have strong opinions about, it was nice to have one that I really liked. Yeah, I really liked this one. Don't know what else to say about it. It was a good good old rock song.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I think it was good stuff. The music sounds great. The backing music sounds great. The, the lead vocals from Small Town Mike sound great as usual, uh, but the melody of his vocal line is like most of his melodies, and it's a little predictable that way, but that's fine. I, I, I mean, I like it, but we've kind of heard it before, I guess is the main thing uh, in terms of that the main vocal melody. It's a great song, great work, and there's some nice tones in the rhythm section. So then is it bad for me to say I wasn't totally engaged by the song? You know, it's still great work, but it's not something that I'm humming right now, if you know what I mean. Yes, you're a bad person. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I've never heard that before, Brian.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I thought the production on this was fantastic. The drums sound amazing, and I assume that's Leaf on drums. He and Smalltown Mike and THC went to the same high school. Smalltown Mike was the frontman for a punk rock band in their high school. And I guess Leaf just thought he was amazing. I went back and I read some early posts by Gert when they were talking and introducing themselves and kind of discussing that, and I thought that was interesting. I really like Smalltown Mike's sort of talk singing delivery. You're right that we've heard a lot of this before. This is a, you know, this is his sort of trademark delivery. But I feel like it's slightly slicker produced this time around. Like yeah. there's some tight doubles on his talk singing delivery and there's some harmonies on it, which you don't often hear. And then there's that really cool echo effect where the thing he says just echo, 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 and it kind of goes off into a musical interlude. Just really cool effect. I think that's Bolt-Off singing on the choruses and it adds sort of a nice change up from Small Town Mike's sort of hip-hop inspired stylings I guess you want to call it and I think the reason you feel all that movement Brian is just because he's just so rhythmic in his vocal delivery and the rhymes come dense and fast and it I don't know it does have a feeling of movement to it I really like it
3: yeah well it's not just the uh, I mean it's it's all those things that you just said yes but I feel also that he's like there's like you know half lines and such things that are like you know giving you a, a bit of syncopation as well yeah this is one of my favorites of the fight too
0: I like this one right away Next up we've got the lowest bidder. There is a
4: power to win.
0: The lowest bidder is a new songfighter, but he's not new to the amateur music scene. He comes to us by way of the February album writing month community, where songfighters like Furry Pedro, Owl, Vom, and Pig Farmer Jr. also come from and participate. This was his first song with Songfight, so welcome, The Lowest Bidder.
3: Cool. I think this one is um, almost certainly going to be my favorite of the fight. The singing did not sound great. I feel like the vocals were probably a little off-key a bit, uh, or maybe that's just a stylistic thing. But that was my only complaint. I think the the song was great. The subject matter was interesting and unique. You just don't get a lot of songs uh, about this. And insightful, and really, really cool. And so many good um, lines. Like, you know, the whole Take it like a man, the way he uses that. And like, especially like when he hammers it, you know, over and over again at the very end, that's just so good. It just has, there's so many uh, meanings wrapped up in that. And also like the line, like, give me a man who can manhandle me. That's really cute. <laughs> I don't know if this was intentional. Maybe this is just me, but the way that in the uh, the middle verse where he's got the background vocals saying, fuck me at the end of every line. Yeah. I like you know, to me the first time you hear it, I, I tend to say, fuck me, whenever I'm, you know, like, oh, I just screwed up or God damn it, fuck me. Why is this happening? But then of course, halfway through it becomes literal. And I mean if that was intentional, well done. That was perfect.
2: Yeah. I, I will say, since I mean you just said everything I wanted to say about the lyrics, so this entire song is something that I haven't heard on Songfight before and Admittedly, I don't listen to Songfight as much as I should. It's it's nice to hear something new and different. And I mean I'm always I'm always up for a new for something new and new ideas and songs. Yeah, this is this was really good. This is also probably my favorite of the fight, and I, I hope this guy sticks around.
1: Yeah. Yeah, me too. Having said that, I I wanted to like this song more than I did. I don't know if it was just me, but it sounded like the lead vocal was a little clipping and maybe distorted I'm not sure you mean he sounded like Brian
3: (laughs) (laughs) sounded like Brian on a good day yeah yeah but you don't realize I am the lowest bidder
2: that's a weird plot twist that (laughs) is a weird plot twist
3: yeah
1: to continue though otherwise this is good synth pop um, I like that wild voice processing that happens at the end of the song. I was glad to hear the lyrics. Overtly sort of sexual content, regardless of orientation, is really quite rare in song fight, probably because most of us are geeks and milk toasts. But uh, it was nice to hear it. It was different and i don 't know though I 'm definitely voting for this. I just kind of wish it had a little better production and a little bit better in the way of performances.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. We've gotten the sort of overt sexual lyrics, two fights in a row, like Evil Grin sort of had some in the last fight, if I recall. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Interesting. Yeah. When it rains, it pours. It pours sex. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I definitely men. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Brian. I uh, definitely liked the synth sound on this as well. Synth pop is a genre that I like. What really stood out for me about this song was just how great the backing vocals are. They're really melodic and soulful, especially towards the end when the lead vocals get that process sound to them. That process sound kind of reminds me of Ween, actually, which they used to great comedic effect. Yeah, just the... The backing vocals are gorgeous. They remind me of Bony Vares, a skinny love, just in that sort of pretty harmonized singing. I think the least favorite part of my song is the breakdown in the middle, where it just gets a little boring and unfocused and noodly. But overall, this is a this is a nice track and a really solid first entry, so congratulations to the lowest bidder. Next up we've got Micah Summersmith.
4: 2017 To see all your old friends Back on the screen Tyrion, Tormund That chick from Marine, And of course your Fireproof dragon girl queen And I sit right here On the couch Beside you unseen You've got theories for How it all will end Who lives and who scroll through fan forums playing pretend, and I scroll through Instagram pics of my friends, all with glitter. table now they're trying on dresses and asking for our RSVPs because all of their boyfriends went and banned the knee
0: it's in waltz time I nursed that right away.
1: Yeah. Nice. It's got a harpsichord. That's what I noticed right away. Yeah, the harpsichord
0: yep. and the accordion sound really good together. I also think that melodically at the beginning, I got a hint of the Game of Thrones theme music. I'm not sure if that was just a little like, homage he slipped in there in the beginning. I'm not even sure I heard it, but if I did, that's really cool.
3: Given that it's Micah, I bet I bet you're right. Yeah, yeah, that
0: does sound like something clever he would do, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I also really like those reverb-y pizzicato strings that come in in the first verse, which I think really cool. There's a lot of there's a lot more layering than I than I come to expect from Micah songs. So this one is pretty great in that regard. Do you guys? catch many of the game of thrones references i i have a feeling that none of you guys listen to game of thrones or know much about game of thrones
2: i know absolutely nothing about game of thrones i like i probably have misinformation i have <laughs> like a negative 3 in game of thrones knowledge
1: it starts thousands of years ago in a galaxy far far away oh i know this one the blue milk <laughs> 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 Where two dragons loved each other very much.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely confused.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, obviously I recognize a lot of names, but I don't really know anything about the characters. But I didn't really feel that I was missing anything by not picking up on the details of the references, because the context seemed to make it clear enough. But maybe I'm wrong, since I didn't know what I'm missing out on.
1: I only read the first book and just got finished watching the first, the end of the first season. But I think a lot of the references in this song went over my head because I am six or seven, you know, seasons behind.
0: Micah is being super clever here, sort of merging the Game of Thrones use of bend the knee, and then also with the marriage proposal meaning of bend the knee, which I guess are similar things, but with a less sort of feudal vibe. The lyrics are super clever, too. They tell a cute, slightly sad story. and Micah is adept at making the title fit the song. And once again, I think he he did that really well here, and he proves that he is one of Songfight's best lyricists. So I was really impressed with the lyrics, and I giggled at, all, at just about all of them. There's that line where he's talking about being disappointed because, you know, some language learning software didn't have high Valerian (laughs) in it. Duolingo. Duolingo. Oh my god,
2: Uh, that's that line is for people who are not Reddit users and memers, Duolingo is a very interesting meme, just at least its mascot. Just hearing Duolingo show up in a song where I wasn't expecting it kind of made me lose it.
3: Okay, since all of us are not Reddit memers, what is the deal with Duolingo's mascot?
2: It's an owl, and other than that, I really can't explain because I hardly understand this one. It's some kind of horrible shit post, and that's all I really know. This is not the kind of meme you can explain. This is the kind of (laughs) meme that just exists. It's
3: just Okay.
1: I accept.
2: You better, or else a Duolingo owl is going to get you.
1: All right, should I go on my rant, or does somebody want to get in before we... Go for it, Ryan. I want to hear it. Great, timely lyrics. I'm always big on the harpsichord, and I like that. I like the plucked violin sounds, like you mentioned already. It was a really nice touch. But yeah, like, like I mentioned before, lyrically a little too specific for me because I'm six or seven seasons behind Game of Thrones. Now, you know I'm a big fan of Micah's, and you know I'm going to vote for this song, but I have to say it. Say it. He doesn't nail half of those G's. And a lot of those C's are really pitchy, too. I hear it. You hear it. He hears it. So why doesn't he fix it?
0: Not everybody has access to advanced
1: tuning technology, Ryan. <laughs> he has access to a different take.
0: <laughs> that's that's probably true.
1: Yeah. I'm like Come on. We, we care about this stuff. And you know we care. And we pay attention. And he should care about it, too. And it kind of bugs me that either he didn't notice or that he didn't care enough to to fix it. And as we were just talking about, the lyric is something about uh, you wish Duolingo would teach high Valerian. I mean, what is that supposed to mean? Duolingo has had high Valerian for free for like two years already. No, am I missing haven't. something? Is yeah. that true? Yes. Are you kidding me? I am no, not No, I can't believe
3: that. No. I, okay. Oh my God. Holy crap. Right.
1: So like, Last year, I was in. I I went to Paris. Uh, Duolingo is absolutely perfect for people who took like three years of a foreign language in high school, and then twenty years later, they actually want to go to Germany if they took German, or you know, and they they haven't done anything since. So it was a good big refresher, and you know, I I did it for a long time uh, uh, before heading over to France for a vacation. And among the things that you know were loaded in there was this. You know, there's there's Klingon and there's High Valerian, and I didn't even know what High Valerian was. So, but I noticed it there, and every once in a while, I also just take a look to see what other kind of new uh, languages pop up because I keep on hoping that they'll put Tagalog anyway. So yeah, so no, they've had High High Valerian on there for free for two years already, and it's like that's that's one of the few jokes that I understood, and it was wrong. <laughs> You know, unless unless there's some other aspect of it, like I, I don't understand. I don't I haven't heard of this whole kind of meme Reddit type thing. If if it's some sort of a reference to that. It,
2: it did not just say the word, word Duolingo is kind of a reference. But other than that, it did not reference the meme.
3: Gotcha. I, I think, Ryan, I'm I'm inclined to feel that Micah just assumed like I did and everyone else except you did that, that there was just <laughs> no freaking way that that was actually true. And he didn't bother to go to the Duolingo website and double check. Oh my I don't blame God. him. I don't blame him one bit for not having done that cuz what the hell. But still, I think I like the song even better now that the
0: now that he's clueless that he could actually learn High Valyrian from Duolingo.
1: I am going I, I I I swear it out. I'm going to hold my nose when I click the vote button for this. <laughs> but yeah, okay, no, because those are pretty minor concerns. They're petty and neither of them get in the way of this still being one of the best songs of this fight. So yeah. I'm still very happy to uh, to vote for it, but I have such high expectations and such high regard that I just, just, just why? What do you think, Alice? You got anything to add? Um, is it Nest? I, I feel like
2: we, <laughs> so looking here at my notes, as I kept listening to the song, I kept crossing out my notes. The only thing left written is Duolingo. <laughs> <laughs> And I feel like I've already been over that. So,
1: yeah.
2: Um, yes, it was a good song, and Duolingo.
1: <laughs> shit posts. Shit posts. Yeah. Talk more about shit posts.
2: <laughs> Let's not.
1: Duo jerks one lingo.
3: <laughs> so I just did a quick look. It looks like the the owl has been associated with Duolingo giving you a hard time for falling behind on your lessons oh. and so now like associated with the shining and other sorts of horror things where the duolingo owls is, is hunting you down
2: i am listening to my father give me an intelligent breakdown of a shit post meme <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm just, I did, I'm just reporting somebody else's research.
2: <laughs> what has my life come
3: to, <laughs> Alice? Now you know how it feels to be me almost every other day. <laughs> I, I agree with everything everyone else has said. I just wanted to pile on with what Mike pointed out was that, you know, I really appreciate that Micah did something here that the only other people I feel did was Berkeley Social Scene, which was do something a little bit more interesting with the title than just managed to get it in. It was not shoehorned in, um, yeah. but it becomes an integral part of the whole concept. You know, the idea of like making this connection between Game of Thrones and something completely unrelated was, was great. That made the song. That made the song.
0: I think we're naturally segueing here into Miscellaneous Owl.
4: Dropping my knee too low, I reached too high, pushed off the wrong leg. And I felt my kneecap go the way you know without having
2: to see it. Something's gone wrong inside, I can feel it. Can you feel it?
4: Reach a little farther towards heaven with your knee bent and your best intentions. You're not the one I thought would be my dream, but you do love me, but wait and see. I'm not the one for you. You're not the one for me.
2: I gotta say, I didn't have a lot of strong opinions for this fight, but my first impression, it sounded a little bit like video game music, which I always like. Can't make out the lyrics, but I I like the tune though, so I enjoyed the song and I enjoyed the video game of it. I just wish I remembered what the lyrics were.
3: That's interesting because I feel like... I mean, the lyrics are pretty straightforward, but I also feel like there's something going on that I don't quite understand. I mean, it's about, you know, a relationship that's not going well, but there is like a very literal discussion of a knee injury at the beginning. And I don't see how that ties in with the relationship directly.
2: I have kind of this unfair bias against love songs just because of hours spent sitting and shopping centers listening to repetitive pop music it's a bit of an unfair bias i really like owl's
0: voice and i like this sort of lo-fi indie pop sound in general so this does fit into one of my genre bias sweet spots owl singing and harmonies on the chorus i think are especially nice probably my favorite part of the song um i did complain a little bit about the mix which i think could use some work So there's this guitar strum right after the first chorus that comes in about, you know, one minute, three seconds or so after the song starts. That's just pretty loud in my left ear, and it drowns out some of the vocals. It's just a little jarring. I also don't really like that sort of synth harpsichord sound, which I think sounds kind of cheesy, but I love the hand claps. I like parts where everything drops out, like all the instrumentation drops out except for the vocals, those kinds of starts and stops I really like. Sort of towards the end, I think there's an upwards key change, which is a little bit clunky and i think I think overall these sorts of blemishes don't really distract from a pretty good song, but i I do notice them like my my internal critic is like, "Hey, did you hear that?
3: Okay, that's really interesting because you didn't mention something that I thought for sure you guys are going to mention two things actually. First one is it just me? The percussion seems way too loud on this song. It's drowning out the vocals. I, I want the percussion to like just back down a little bit, or maybe like some mixing magic that you like you pan it in a certain way, or, or or something that just so it doesn't step on the vocals so much. And the second thing is that not at the one minute mark that Mike put out, but about thirty seconds later, there's just there's a sudden jarring change to the rhythm and. I can only assume it's intentional because it's much too obvious to me to be an accident. But if it came off like an accident to me, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think that's the key change.
0: That's around one
3: minute thirty six seconds or so. Right, but it's a, it, it's accompanies like a, a, a rhythmic stumble.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's it's just a, a little bit of sloppiness.
3: Wow, it was so jarring. I felt like it had to be done on purpose, and I could, but I couldn't figure out why. Well, you know, this sort of
0: lo-fi indie pop genre has some of that in it. You know, it's meant to be a little bit quirky and it's not, you know, super produced and stuff. So Hmm. I don't think that's terribly uncommon for the genre, but I noticed it too.
3: Wow. It felt really unusual to me. But those are my only complaints though. I have to say. I love the song overall. The vocals were just a bomb to my ear despite the parts that i didn't really understand about the actual physical knee injury i do love the just a lot of the visuals of the imagery in the song i love the line i'll um i wore your ring like a bandage that's just perfect
1: that's a nice line yeah 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 I, I thought it was a great song, too. I, I, I like the synth sounds. Uh, I thought the guitar playing was good, but the, the guitar track itself is a little rough. Like, you hear some clangers, and at least one of those transitions was a little off. I think that's the, the part that we were discussing before. And the mixing is a little inconsistent. And the cymbals, like, right before the end sound weird, and I'm not sure what's up with that. Uh but you know, the quality and the charm of the composition really shine through. I think Owl should have sent the Reaper file to Chumpy and I to tweak levels and to like <laughs> argue over it for a couple of days, made this into you know, I would have added some clav and <laughs> 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 I mean, this is a great. Uh, yeah, this could have been a
0: great jerkatorium song if yeah, we had you absolutely. know a couple of days to work on it.
1: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, the melody is excellent, the lyrics are excellent, and it's a lovely song. I, I just wish they'd spent a little bit more time polishing it.
0: That brings us to Paco Del Stinko. Bend the knee before you jump If you don't, you'll act the chump
4: Same to that or you'll break Do it fine and not half-baked They say you are got to bend the knee Shoot so sure that they made yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. the at the throw. make it spin
0: and watch it. I go. like the sound piano and the guitar. Uh, One of the guitars has a lot of delay on it, and it kind of adds to the groove of the song, sort of like he's trying to be the edge from U2 or something, but I think it sounds cool. The piano is really driving at times. It sounds like he's just really hitting on it, which I like. I also like that there's these sort of Cars-style synth riffs that you hear after the first chorus that I think sound really cool. And, you know, the guitar solo after the second chorus is quintessentially Paco. His guitar playing always impresses. All in all, it's just a tastefully arranged and put-together song. It sounds really nice, and it's, you know, like a lot of other Paco songs in that regard. One thing that's a little different, I think, this time around from Paco's usual is that the backing vocals are a little bit sparser and quieter than I'm used to, um, but they still sound pretty great. Something about the instrumentation reminds me a little bit of the police's synchronicity. Um, I think maybe it's the piano, I'm not sure. But it does have kind of a different vibe than a lot of Paco's other songs, so I liked it for that. Lyrically, I didn't quite get what it was about, and there were no lyrics, and most of my notes were about the music, which I think I liked a little bit better.
3: Yeah, I noticed that uh, from what little I have done to Songfight is that I usually do not understand a Paco Del Stinko song, even after reading the lyrics. I really have no clue what the song is about, as usual, and that gives makes it hard for me to get a, any hooks into it. I also noticed the piano. I liked the piano, but I felt like it was just really kind of lightly used. And man, my ears could have really used more piano after song after song of guitars. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I'm just I'm I'm a little overfull on guitars.
1: No, you're not. You're not our first guest to say that they're, you know, that guitars are probably overused. Micah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes, Micah, thank you so much. And like when your accordion and all the other stuff came in, I thought, ah, full oh, song with no
0: sweet relief.
3: Yeah, <laughs> nice little, a nice little break. The piano definitely stood out for me with Paco, and then of course the guitar solo came in and swept that all away. <laughs>
2: If you couldn't un- understand the lyrics, I something about a knee, and then it was all gibberish. The verses, they were good. They didn't really stick with me, though. I like the chorus and the bridge more than the verses. Again, I can't get hooks in it because I have no idea what the lyrics are.
3: Yeah, Oh, yeah. And Ryan, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Mike, you, you said that this didn't sound like a usual Paco Del Stinko song and I kind of agree with you, but I'm not exactly sure why. Because his songs vary so much. What do you, can you exp- explicate that? Yeah,
0: well, I think the piano was part of it, and I think that the synth playing was also part of it, and that delayed guitar. Those were the things that I noticed the most. Mm. I mean, it definitely had Paco touches. Like the backing vocals are all Paco, even though they're they're not quite up to his usual standards, um, and the, you know the guitar solos totally Paco. But yeah, like just the way that the piano changes the the sort of the overall sound of the song,
1: I think made it sound different. I like the guitar work and I like the synth work, but the composition itself didn't really do it for me. You know, like it's not his most compelling, engaging melody. I thought it's a great vocal performance and a great vocal delivery just didn't really connect with the material. I think it was the fault of the melody when it came right down to it. All right, last up we've got third cat. Bunny the
4: for me. Maybe you're okay.
3: I'm going to just come out and say it. I feel like this is a really lightweight entry from Third Cat. It's a little short. The music is kind of not particularly noteworthy. And the, the lyrics are really, really generic and lightweight. <laughs> I really, I don't know. I do know that Third Cat is doing Neurion. And I kind of felt like he, this was just a, a last minute sort of thing that he threw out there.
0: Yeah, which is too bad because... I think parts of it sound really good. Like, to me, this sounds like a demo that is just not really fleshed out. Mm. And it's it's weird. It's so weird that when you hear a verse and then you immediately go into a guitar solo, it's just a little jarring. Like, hey, isn't this supposed to be in the middle of the song or towards the second half of the song? That guitar solo is great, though. I think it's just yeah. really pretty, and I liked it a lot. But it's a little, a little jarring to hear it so soon after the song gets started.
3: But the song, of course, is so short that it has to come in there to be in the middle.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. But I just that's one of the things that makes it feel half baked, and the fact that it's well under two minutes, obviously. So, but I think this could have been something really quite nice had he developed it further.
3: Yeah, agreed.
1: I I like the wah guitar and the acoustic. You know, it's the wah guitar is kind of behind the acoustic a bit, and uh, and I, I thought the guitar solo was really nice. And there's that part that goes uh, they don't understand our love and it's got this weird cool warble to it and I tried to like really focus in on it and I don't think he's doing anything any like additional processing that he do- isn't doing with the rest of it but it just really there, there's something about that delivery that, that really worked really well I thought it was a neat weird effect but you know otherwise this song is is not one of Third Cat's more memorable tunes I thought. Uh, do you have any impressions Alice?
2: It's short, and it's there's not much there. I couldn't understand the lyrics again, so I don't have much to say about that.
3: It's really short. Bend the knee for me. Let me be your king. Give me everything. They don't understand our love. There can never be enough. Yeah, it's... Yeah, pretty short. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I should... The very last line. You will be my queen. We'll love till we're clean. Admittedly, that last line is, is enigmatic and confusing. So I'll give them points for that. Yeah. Maybe they're junkies. Ooh, darkest reading
1: <laughs> of, of five words. <laughs> you know, <Yep. laughs> I don't know.
3: Typically the darkest reading is usually the right one when it comes to rock music. <laughs> <laughs> so which of the three cats was a junkie? It's always the third cat. Third cat
0: actually has two cats. And I believe that he thinks that the two cats believe that he is just a third stupider cat.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Dumb cat. What happened to your hair?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Why don't you lick yourself? What's wrong with you? (laughs) All right. We have come to the end. So of all these songs, which ones really like sort of move you to vote for them?
3: I mean, I'm sorry. I hate to say this; it sounds so mean, but it was kind of a, of a meh uh, song fight session, you know. But, but the lowest bidder, I would have voted for that on almost any fight. I thought it was just great. Miscellaneous Owl absolutely loved it, and of course, Micah's is you know is clever and 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 enjoyable.
1: Wow. So much overlap. That's unusual. As I've mentioned before, I'm only going to do less than half. So that means four for this round. And I've chosen Budget Bears, The Lowest Bitter, Micah, and Miscellaneous Owl. And maybe Third Cat if I decide to do five, but I'm not sure.
0: So for me, I really like the Berkeley Social Scene song. I mean, I didn't really like the lyrics. I just chose not to really listen to them. But the music, I thought, was great. I'm going to vote for that. I want to encourage them to make post punk songs every every song fight. They'll always get an upvote from me. I'm going to upvote. I'm the excuse me. I'm going to vote for the Budget Bears song. I like that one. God, I'm going to vote for Chthonic Doom as well. I that song just got me pumped up. I like the kind of fantasy metal, you know, singing in that one. It it just did it for me. I'm also going to vote for Gert. I just, I love good production. I'm going to vote for the lowest bidder okay. as okay. well. Who am I not voting for? I think is the question. You're <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God. Oh my God, I know. So Paco is probably going to miss a vote from me. Um, Third Cat is probably going to miss a vote.
3: I think that's it. I, I find it kind of um, a little bit surprising that you would miss out Paco and not miss out any of the other people that you were that you just listed off. Well yeah you made me feel bad about voting for everybody.
0: I really want to vote for everybody. Mm. Well almost everybody. Oh Ditova is gonna miss the miss of a vote. Okay.
2: Yeah voting for like a the lowest bidder and dirt. Not a lot to say there. I agree with Brian this is this did seem kind of like a tame song fight to me and I don't have a lot of super strong opinions here. And so those those are the ones that I liked.
0: All right, now we're at the point of the podcast where we we can pitch a product. How about Cinnabon? <laughs> <laughs> if you find yourself at a mall, enjoy a delicious Cinnabon. Not affiliated with the show.
3: I
2: don't even know what a Cinnabon is.
3: You're better off not knowing, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like uh... a cinnamon
0: roll, but a little bit more disgusting. Like, it's just covered in goop.
3: Imagine a cinnamon roll as fast food.
2: Oh, yeah, that makes sense.
1: It's how diabetes must smell, you know, like personified more or less.
0: Yeah. It has the size and weight of a toddler's head.
1: I would like to pitch or not pitch. What's what's the word? What's the uh, word? Shill? Shill. Yeah, I would like to shill for uh, the New Ugly, um, the New Ugly Neurine podcast by Manhattan Glutton and Ben, who uh, are also another podcast reviewing uh, Neurine.
3: I'd like to shill for the podcast Talking Traz. And I think that, uh, you know, maybe we, we, you know, you guys should consider changing the name of your podcast to Talking Traz. Talking Traz?
0: Yeah. And we'll discuss Alcatraz, of course, the world's most famous prison. Traz talk? That's slightly better, I think. Mm hmm. <laughs> Wonder why they didn't think of that.
1: <laughs> I don't have anything else to to plug.
3: I, it never occurred to me that we should come with something to plug. I wish I had thought of that beforehand. I would have come up with something ridiculous. Uh, what, what about you, Alice? Anything?
2: Uh, I mean, I have a DeviantArt. I'll, I'll plug myself.
1: Yes, definitely.
2: Go go look at my art on DeviantArt under Bomeranian or something like that. Because <laughs> um, yeah, I, I know my own username.
1: DeviantArt backslash... Bomeranian or something like that. No spaces, no dots.
3: Okay, it's the hyphen Bomeranian. Go Just praise from, me. And yeah. the title and the, uh, the tagline is unintelligible dog screeching. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I'm glad you decided to point that out.
3: Well, that's how they'll know they found the right Bomeranian.
2: Yeah, they stole my username. I should go hunt them down.
3: Two jerks, one vote is sponsored by Duolingo. Duolingo. Learn high Valerian forever.
1: Yeah, you can also look at, into it if you are looking to do even the, a nominal amount of research before you write some goddamn lyrics. <laughs> so
0: testy.
2: So that testy. Is, Sorry. That's, that's the weirdest nitpick I think I've ever heard for anything. <laughs> <laughs> Duolingo teaches High Valerian. Check your facts. <laughs>
0: Get it
3: right, Micah. <laughs> this is important. This podcast has been sponsored by Duolingo. Their cute owl mascot is a ruthless, terrifying sociopath with nothing to lose.
1: <laughs> That's right. and It's free. You can't get a version of Duolingo without High Valerian on it. <laughs> Am I I'm harping on this. I'm going to stop. Here.
0: Yeah. I feel like this is similar to your complaint about Grumpy Mike's song in Neurine where he thought Puse was the the reigning champion.
1: That was the whole song. I know. And I it was know. it was the entire point of the song and it was wrong. You know, it's like if you're going to spend all that I mean, you know how much time we spend on each song that we do and it's like if we did that wouldn't we look to make sure like any of the information <laughs> that we were trying to pitch was was accurate? Inaccurate? Yeah. I mean, how much bee research did you do? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you did in silent advance, like, more than I should have.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, bee research?
0: Oh, yeah, there's that line about the phallus and, you know, getting torn off during sex if you're a bee.
3: Oh, God, right. right. Yeah.
0: yeah. I read that entire Wikipedia article. It was glorious. <laughs> Okay, what about shout-outs or thanks? I would like to shout-out to my lovely wife, Sarah, who, you know, has to go into a different room and to put her headphones on as to not hear my annoying babble as I record this podcast. She is super nice about it and hardly ever gives me a hard time. So, thank you, Sarah, for being the most patient person I know.
2: Um. Shout out to my mom for helping me spend like an hour cleaning out the shed I'm currently in because both my room and my art studio were unavailable. By the way, I'm recording in a shed, so that's nice. It's really cold in here.
1: So uh my shout out is to I, I really appreciate the moo. moo. moo want to shout out the interrupting cows. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for your love and support. And uh, also to my husband, thank you for your love and support and patience. Boo. Uh,
3: I would like to shout out the Jerk and Chumpy, uh, also known as Jerkatorium, for shouting me out so many times in the past.
1: Well, thanks so much for joining us. Any last comments? All right.
3: I the for- mask I will hunt you down.
1: Moo. <laughs> <laughs> so- Keep both your eyes open. His will be. Uh,
2: I, I can't believe I got you guys to adopt a shitpost meme. <laughs> what have I done?
3: Just, just for the purpose of this episode. It, it's after this, we're totally forgetting about it.
2: Micah, I blame you for this. This is your fault.
1: Yeah,
3: Look might- at what you've done. Michael blames oh. George R. R. Martin. I, I blame Ryan because Ryan's the one who complained about it. I, I
2: blame you for looking it up.
3: <laughs> Finally, somebody noticed the real person who should be blamed. <laughs> I blame society.
2: I blame Reddit.
3: <laughs> I blame France. I'm gonna blame it on the moonlight.